Let's be real. We're not being completely honest about motherhood. Sure, we all talk about how we hate the sleepless nights, the breastfeeding, how our partner doesn't help us enough, and the toddler meltdowns. But I want to know what's going on with you. I'm Michelle Mansfield, author and founder of The Honest Mom Project. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the motherhood shit that no one talks about, not even your best friend. Come join special guests, mom friends, and myself as we share our stories with love, honesty, humor, and definitely a few appearances from my potty mouth. Let's validate what we're all going through so we can acknowledge each of our own feelings with confidence. Let's start being honest moms with each other. Welcome to the Honest Mom Podcast. Hello, moms. Hello, friends out there. We are back with another episode of the Honest Mom Podcast. Another amazing guest is with us. This one is close, close, close to my heart for many, many reasons. Abby Williams is with us today, and she is an MSW, LSW, which is a licensed social worker. She's a behavioral health therapist, the producer and host of the incredible Mimosas with Moms podcast. Listen, 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 if you haven't. She's also the content creator of the social media platforms at Mimosas with Moms. She's an author of a book, a children's book called An ABC of Families, which that holds near and dear to my heart as a children's author myself, because it's so much work that people don't realize. She's also the mother of four. She is committed to supporting, empowering, and connecting with mothers in all seasons of motherhood. She has been featured by Pop Sugar, Parents, She Knows, and Romper. She navigates her blended family and co-parenting life in Cincinnati, Ohio with her husband, four kids, and two sister labs. And I will say, in conclusion of this amazing, amazing bio, she doesn't know it, Abby doesn't know it, but she inspired me to create this podcast. September 23rd of 2019, I can't believe (laughs) It's been that long. Season one, her season one, episode 37, I was a guest. She was open to having me as a guest on her podcast, Mimosas with Moms. And I talked about just, you know, icky feelings of motherhood and she just opened her doors. And then right now, me asking her to be on the show, she opened her doors again. So Abby, I am so, so happy and blessed and honored to have you here and to connect with you again. I want you to do any other introductions, say hello to everyone, and we'll get moving with our episode today about co-parenting and blended families. Abby, welcome. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. It is a joy to be reconnecting with you here on your podcast. Congratulations on your podcast. I can't believe all those kind words that you just said. I'm so incredibly touched. Um, yeah, I think I think you covered it on me. <laughs> I'm just over here, like, I don't know, hanging in with four kids, uh, running mimosas with moms and working as a behavioral health therapist. I see mainly tweens and teens. Um, I love that population of people. I think they're greatly misunderstood. They're so cool. Um, And yeah, life is crazy and beautiful and fun and motherhood is all of those things as well, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so we so we tell ourselves most of the time, right? Right. like anything. Tell us about your kids. You have four kids. Why don't you tell us their names and their ages? Yeah, so I have Oliver. Um, I started my motherhood journey with Oliver when I was a young mom. I was 21 years old. He is now 11, almost 12, and I like I just can't even believe the journey that him and I have been on. Um, and I have a co-parenting situation with him or for him, his dad. And then I married my husband, Marcus, when Oliver was five, almost six, five. Um, and now we have three together, me and Marcus. We have Beatrice, who just turned five, Josie, who just turned four, and Fitz, who just turned two, but does not even seem like a two-year-old. He seems like a five-year-old. He's like such a bulldozer, and he's huge. (laughs) He's huge. Anybody who like had these pandemic babies, like I think you can all like nod along. They are just not normal. They are so wild. They do not care. They are a different breed. If you are like in the trenches with these pandemic babies and you're just like, what in the world? And now they're turned into toddlers and you're like, somebody just come get this child. Like you are not alone. They are so hard. (laughs) Well, I love following you on Instagram and just seeing your, first of all, your children are just beautiful. Thank you. And when you had fits, especially, yeah. it was really cool to see how, you know, how you, it was just a really cool transition. And I, I can't imagine how difficult it was, but yeah. he, he, what just watching him is just, I have, I have a love oh, for sorry. other people's toddlers, not right. my own, but, but <laughs> toddlerhood was really hard for me, but yeah. I love watching other people's toddlers. And I wish that I would have enjoyed it as much as I, I enjoy other people's. Um, yeah. And he's just all your kids together and the love, the moment he there is born, so much love. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. just like, you don't know whether to laugh or cry or do both yeah. at the same time. Cause it's just so beautiful. And I know that's the outside and life's challenging and we don't need to even talk about that we all know our lives are challenging from the from the outside of that social media world but um I think it's cool just to see how all of these kids are just oh my god such a part of each other and also so independent (laughs) they are they're also so independent they are yeah we are we have a very beautiful family and the kids are good um yeah, they're growing. It goes so fast. You know, I know that like we hate hearing that, but it's, I know, it but it does so fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I want to know just how, I mean, you specialize in this, obviously people will see on your Instagram page, but what made you choose this topic? Why is it near and dear to your heart? Why do you want to talk to moms about this today? This co-parenting and blended family topic? Yeah. I think that there's just like so many different you know, experiences within the co-parenting blended family life. Um, and I think normalizing these non-traditional families, right. Is so Mm -hmm. important. Um, I think supporting moms through all the different emotions, like your experience, you know, is important. So yeah, so I started my co-parenting journey pretty much like right out of the gate. Um, Like I said, I was 21 years old when I had Oliver. I was halfway through my bachelor's degree um, and 
I had this unplanned pregnancy. Um, and now we live this beautiful unplanned life. And, um, so yeah, that was a hard transition into motherhood, but Oliver's father and I have always been very supportive of one another. Um, I think we were just both really young and it just wasn't, that wasn't supposed to be the person that you spend the rest of your life with, but we spend the rest of our life together in a different way. Um, so we have a very, yeah. So we have a very amicable co-parenting situation, which I know is not always the case. Um, and even amicable co-parenting situations come with their own challenges and struggles. Um, but we have done, I think, a really good job of always putting our son at the center of our lives, of our decisions, of our relationship with each other. Um, you know, cause, cause like I said, there's, there's things that come up, you know, I think, I just, I don't think that it's like natural <laughs> to have these co-parenting situations where you spend 50% of your life away from your kid, right? I don't think any of us go into parenthood, motherhood wanting that. Maybe there are people out there that only want their kids 50% of the time and there definitely is like pros to it. But, you know, I think so like it's really challenging, right? And especially if you're going through a divorce where you've spent every day with your child and now you're in this custody situation, you have this limited time with your kid it's a really hard transition. And I think for moms, we struggle with like this control piece. Um, you know, there's a lot of conflict that can happen in these co-parenting relationships where it's like, oh my gosh, I feed my child way more vegetables than he gets over at dad's house. And I'm a way better parent and I do better at screen time. And I'm trying to control what's going on over at their house. And like learning how to give up some of that control is definitely a process. Um, but we have always just put our son at the, like, like I said, the center of our, our decisions of our relationship where we're able to check our emotions with each for each other at the door. You know, I can have feelings about my ex and keep them separate from our parenting of our son. And I think that that's really important. Um, and I think it's really hard. And I definitely see these moms and dads that struggle with this part, um, you know, where maybe there was infidelity or there was, you know, a toxic relationship between you two. Your feelings are completely valid. Whatever kind of feelings you're having about your ex, you got to check them at the door. You know, mm. it's really hard. Um, so yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, this is all those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this, this quote that I found actually yeah. you're, you're right. We're right on this now. So this is yeah. why I'm bringing it up. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. I found this quote and it could seem a little harsh for some people or maybe turn up that eyebrow like, Hmm, really? Right. But the quote, I, now that you're talking about this, um, the quote is you do not have the luxury of making decisions that only impact yourself. Do you feel yeah. that that's kind of what you're talking about here? Yeah. Where's that quote from? Um, I just was Googling, went, yeah, yeah. Googling articles and um, I will put a link of the article, but offhand, I don't have it on me. Yeah, no, that's but, fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely think that that's true. But I, you know, I think that that's true of all parents, right? Whether you're in a co-parenting situation or not, um, you know, like we should be making decisions that don't negatively impact our kids. Um, And that gets kind of trickier when you're in these co-parenting blended families um, where, like I said, you have these feelings about this person, but how am I going to take those feelings out and do what's best for my kid? I'm not going to use my kid as, you know, this, I'm going to get back at you, or I'm not going to talk bad about you in front of my child because that's damaging. Um, You know, if I am having some kind of feelings about a situation that happened during drop off, I'm going to go vent about it to a friend, not, you know, in an unhealthy way. That's going to be damaging for the parenting situation and ultimately your child. Yeah. So do you feel we should be putting the children first when it comes? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's kind of hard because you get these like mixed messages out there of the, that self-care world. And, and if mommy's not happy, nobody's happy. Or if like people that say, no, I put God first, I put my marriage you know, then, and then it's the kids. So So I definitely, I think it's both. I think it's an and right. Where I think that you need to be putting your kid first and what's best for them first, but what's best for them is that they have two healthy parents. And so if that means that you can't be together and a divorce is better, then that's what's best for your kid. If that means that the communication between the two of you is limited, is only through, you know, there's apps out there now for co-parents who have high high conflict divorces. There's all kinds of resources for all kinds of different, you know, pockets of this topic to help you navigate that. You know, if for you to be well, to be mentally safe and well, for you to be happy means having limited contact with your ex. If he or she is unable to engage with you in a healthy way, you don't have to show up to those fights. You don't have to show up. Um, and you figure out a way to better, you know, communicate, exchange your child, whatever that is. You know, we have birthdays all together. You know, we're a very, I feel like not typical co-parenting family. We go to the pumpkin patch together every year. We used to do Christmas morning together. Um, you know, so like we have done all of these things together, but I don't think that that means that that's the only way to have a healthy co-parenting situation. I think if having two birthdays is what's best for your family, that's what's best for your child, mm-hmm. right? Because if we, you know, said, no, the thing is, is you have to have one birthday for your kid. That's what's best for your kid. And then it's a shit show at, at the birthday party because mom and dad can't be in the same room as each other. That's not what's best for your kid. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I would, I would want to like make that clear that doing and putting your kid first and making decisions that are best for them is also making decisions that is best for you. It's just important. It's just important not to be, you know, to be self-aware and being able to check yourself on, am I making decisions in spite of this other person or am I making decisions to make sure that it's a healthy environment for my kid? Mm. Right. 
Yeah, that's hard. It's like constantly checking in on yourself because those emotions, even if it it is an amicable breakup, it's still sad, you know, and and there's still maybe emotions. You don't want to get back together with them or anything like that. But it's like, you know, no, like, like, like you said, with um, motherhood, um, with parenting in general, like, I think this goes with marriage, like no one goes into a marriage. I mean, maybe there are some people that go into a marriage this way, but that goes in saying, I want, I know I'm going to get a divorce. So I'm just gonna, you know, prepare. I think the majority of us go through marriage and other things thinking it's going to work out. And then we have to adjust when it doesn't. Right. And that's life and that's okay. And it's okay to grieve those things. It's okay to be angry and upset. All of your feelings are so normal and so valid. And therapy is such a great place. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm in therapy. I am a therapist. I think everybody should be in therapy. And like, and I'm being serious, you know, like I'm joking, but I am being very serious. You know, if you're really struggling with your own feelings, you know, how am I going to navigate this and be okay on the other side? Therapy is such a great place to process those things, to talk about your feeling, your negative feelings about your ex, you know? to figure out, okay, how am I going to put on a happy face in front of my kid and not be like, I hate this person that I created you with, you know, therapy is great. I agree. Cause I am, you know, I had co-parenting in my life. My, my stepchildren, Alyssa yeah. and Josh are in their twenties. Um, so they're grown ups, and, um, I had to go through a ton of therapy yeah. with the co-parenting, not because there were conflicts with my husband and his ex. Yeah. Anyway, it was a very amicable divorce. They par- co-parented very well and she lives in the same town. So that made it easier. Even mm-hmm. it was me dealing with someone else's wife, uh, you know, wife. And I, rem- yeah. <laughs> I remember when I like was going to meet her for the first time at a baseball game, very neutral place. And my husband, you know, saw that I was nervous and he's like, don't be nervous. He's like, she's going to be so nice to you. Don't, I don't want you to think, you know, you're going to, it'll be fine. And I'm like, I'm not worried about her being like mean to me at a baseball game. I'm like, I have to meet the person that you slept with for 12 years. Right. Right. And like, you're allowed to have feelings about that. Right. Like we're all human. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I had to deal with that she, you know, I had the situation where she was super nice yeah. and it's almost like, I wasn't looking for her to be like a bitch or anything, but I'm like, but you didn't want to like her, but I'm like, you know, I'm like, (laughs) she would be like, Oh, for your wedding. Do you want to have Alyssa's flower dress, flower girl dress? Cause she remarried too around the same time. She's like, would it make it easier? You could just use Alyssa's flower girl dress. And I'm like, no, you know, but I'm like, and now looking back, you know, 13 years later, I'm like, oh my God, that was like, so that's her. I, now that I know her more, um, but then it was also just, you know, it's so hard. It's hard, you know, and there's all these different layers and feelings. And and I do think, I agree with you. I think that like, once you get further down the road, you look back at some of the stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, I know that was a gift off for Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's like, isn't that weird? And I'm like, now I look and I'm like, that was the sweetest thing for her to drop off a baby gift to me. Right. And you know, because it's her kid's sibling. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. I know we had a situation here recently where um, my, my oldest, he goes to a private school and it is religious based and they were talking about different types of families. And I love that conversation. It sounded like they were doing a pretty good job of kind of normalizing divorce and the word step and adoption. Um, and just, you know, talking about different types of families, which I love. And then they asked if anybody in the class has a non-traditional family. And my kid was the only one, um, which I kind of have some feelings about. I don't know them like kind of drawing attention or like singling them out. I felt like, but he seemed fine about it. He shared, um, the dynamics of his family. And so we explained, you know, my mom and dad were never married. And then my mom married Marcus, who's my stepdad. And now I have these three siblings and, uh, the teacher goes, Oh, so they're not your real siblings. Um, (laughs) So PSA, please don't call half siblings, step siblings, adopted siblings, not real siblings. They're all real siblings. They're very, very real. They're real people. Um, you know, there's lots of ways to make a family and they're all special and unique and they don't make them any less family. Yeah. Now how did like, this reminds me because, you know, Alyssa and Josh are Brooklyn's brother and sister. Yeah. Um, but when Brooklyn was like young enough to ask questions about this, she's like, she, she, the, the, the conversation, and it was so cute of like her realizing I wasn't Josh and Alyssa's mom. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, wait, who, like, who's their mom? And I'm like, you know, you've met her, you know, like I had explained and she, her, her face and granted she was like three or four. So I'm like, well, we'll talk about it more. Maybe you're, you know, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe when, well, I knew, I knew she wasn't getting it, but she would eventually, but how is that with um, like Oliver and your children, like explaining, you know, did you ever even have to explain? I guess I never really had to explain with like the three younger kids because that's been their whole life, right? Yeah. Where Oliver's always had this co-parenting relationship. So we have 50, 50, but, and our, you know, dynamic is so amicable. So when my ex comes and picks up Oliver, you know, like he comes into the house, he, you know, like messes around with my other kids. He picks, he gets Oliver, Oliver gets all this stuff together and they leave. So like, they know who Jeff is. Um, they know that that's Oliver's dad. They know that he goes there. Um, I guess, you know, it was like weird when they were tinier and they'd be like walking around the house, like, where's Oliver, you know? And you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, he's at his dad's house. Um, we definitely had more conversations with Oliver. Um, so like when I was getting married and I was pregnant with uh, his, the second child, Beatrice, um, and Oliver was five, five, six. He was six when she was born. Um so like when that transition was happening and Oliver was old enough to kind of understand and ask questions and it was like, well, why are you married to like this baby's dad and not my dad? And why, you know, I forget like what the other question was that he asked. 
there was like two questions in that conversation. And, you know, and I just kind of like explained that there's like different kinds of love, um, you know, because I do, I feel like I have a great friendship with his dad. There's definitely a level of love and respect. Um, but that's not the person I was supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And kind of just explaining that, um, explaining that there's different kinds of families. Um, there's been conversations, you know, because even though that we had this really amicable co-parenting situation where we do so much together, we all sit together at the games, whatever, whatever, there's still feelings from your child about it, right? Um, so we've definitely gone through different cycles throughout his life where he hates the back and forth and mm -hmm. is able to vocalize that. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of that, you know, making sure that the child's at the center is that they feel comfortable coming to you and sharing those feelings mm -hmm. and that you're not like, oh my gosh, you know, now I need to make changes. And you're like fighting your ex because your child's unhappy. I think that that's a really normal feeling, mm -hmm. you know? And so I just hold space for that and validate that. Like, yeah, that is really hard. It is really hard that you have to go between two houses. I hate that for you too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I don't think that, I think as parents, when our child has negative emotions or a negative experience, it's so natural to want to like rush in and fix it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Your kid falls down and you want to like scoop them up and fix it. But there's life isn't always fair and we all have stuff that is our hard stuff that we have. And just being there and supporting them and loving them and just being that safe space that they can share those feelings with, I think is really important and it's really good for your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you're the expert, but initially <laughs> what comes into my mind here is, you know, just the importance of communication. And you yeah. said it exactly like if like my my two stepchildren, when they got older, you know, more towards that middle school and they, their moms, you know, where they live is their, their home that they had with my, when my husband and um, his ex were married and all their friends yeah. are there. It's like that, you know, subdivision neighborhood, everyone's, you know, all their friends were there and they're like the back and forth. And they, they felt comfortable telling their mom and dad that they didn't like the back and forth that much. So yeah. my, my husband's like, and, you know, his ex were like, well, we'll make it work. Like my husband's like, you don't have to sleep over like every night if you don't want to, like, maybe we just go to dinner and you go hang with your friends then, or, you know, they yeah. were kind of sick after a while. It was like in high school, they're like, do we have to pack a bag? And he's like, no, like <laughs> we're yeah. kind of, yeah, we're out of the elementary yeah. school time. He's like, what works? You know, like it was kind of a, what works yeah. and we still saw them, but maybe they didn't sleep over all weekend. Maybe it was just one night, you know, right. or right. whatever. And, and I'm sure that we'll have like natural, you know, things that happen like that as Oliver gets older. Yeah. Nothing's permanent. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, what's great about, you know, it sounds like you and Jeff have that communication where you're going to do what's best for him. And if a change yeah. needs to happen, then you guys talk about it. And I love that, that you guys were like able to be flexible because I think that that's kind of like a struggle in the co-parenting world of kind of that need for control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, no, this is the plan and I get my time. Yep. And I get it that like, you want that time with your kid, you know, duh. But 
I don't know, being able to be respectful of them and their needs. And when they're old enough to start vocalizing, you know, what is best for them and where they want to be, you know, I think it's, I think that that's important. I love that you guys were able to do that. Yeah. I thank my husband and his ex, like in all honesty, you know, they just did a good job. Yeah. They, I'm, I'm very blessed and honored. And sometimes I feel guilty when, you know, (laughs) because in the world of divorce and remarriage, it's very common now. And some people, they have these really messed up stories where I'm like, uh, and it just reminds me, I'm like, okay, like they've done a really, a really good job. Now, how, how did Mark, how, how did Marcus handle um, Jeff being in your life. I know now is different than the initial, but like where, what challenges, cause I had my challenges, obviously, you yeah. know, of just little insecurities and not that I was, I thought they were going to get back together. It was more of like when I became a mom or even before that with my stepchildren of like, am I doing a good a job, as good of a job as she is, or, you know, I'd see things I maybe didn't agree with. Not, I mean, nothing major, but I'd be right. I had this like control thing and going on. Did Marcus have any challenges? Yeah, I think Marcus would like be nodding along with everything that you're saying right now. Um, So, I mean, like when I initially like brought him into the picture, like when we first started dating, getting serious. um, And I did this with, you know, everybody that I dated, you know, I didn't really bring anybody around Oliver, but it was kind of this conversation before of I have this really good relationship with my son's father and like this is my family first so it was really important to me that I didn't bring anybody in that wouldn't be okay you know or would kind of like stir up I don't know conflict in this non-conflict area right um But that doesn't mean that like it wasn't still hard. So like I knew bringing, so Marcus, you know, we finally got to that point of, okay, I'm going to bring you into my son's life um, and you're going to be around his dad. And I think in the beginning, I don't know if like the beginning was hard for him, but I definitely think he would say that he had challenges around knowing like his place as a step parent where he doesn't, you know, he wants to be like so involved, but I don't want to step on his dad's toes, but like, I want to do this with him, but you know, and it's just like this, like constant dance of like, where do I fit? And, and I see that, you know, and I, I, I feel for like step parents in that situation, right. Where it's like, I'm not the dad, but I don't treat him any different than my other children and I consider him my kid too. And I don't know. So like trying to think where we've had like hurt feelings. Cause I know that there's been hurt feelings on both of the dad's sides. Um, and really like the only one that's coming up is one from Oliver's dad where, they're just like very different personality types. My husband's very like outgoing type A, take charge. He's a leader. And um, Oliver's dad is very the opposite. You know, he's one of the happiest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. But he's very like passive. Um, I wouldn't say shy, but I wouldn't say he's like assertive, outgoing. Um, 
just very kind and gentle um, and not, you know, like head, like take charge kind of guy. Um, so once Oliver started getting like, uh, like sports age, Marcus wanted to coach. And so he got, he got into like the coaching world, but he didn't. And one of, one of the seasons of baseball, he kind of got picked up like mid season. He had become friends with like the head coach and the head coach was like, Hey, I need some extra help. So then Marcus started helping out. And at the end of the season, Oliver's dad came to me and told me that, you know, that kind of hurt his feelings that he just felt like left behind and like, you know, I don't know what his feelings. Um, but I was really happy that he was able to come and share those feelings with me. Right. Because that, that was not the intent, you know, like we're not trying to just, you know, I don't know, overshadow you as his father, you know, we definitely want you to be involved. So, you know, and we definitely like saw why he would feel like that. So then we were able to all have a conversation of, okay, like if Marcus wants to be a coach, how are we going to do this so that Jeff is involved? So then the next season and they've coached basketball together where Marcus is the head coach and Jeff is his assistant coach. And, you know, they've coached numerous seasons, just the two of them together. They've coached baseball, they've coached basketball. Um, And so, you know, so like we were able to like overcome those things. Right. But I think, you know, and I know that my situation is so unique, right. (laughs) But you still have, you know, it's like, we sit there and say that, like, I was just saying this to friends last week. I feel guilty for saying sometimes the good things that are happening, but there is. Yeah. And it is like, it is such a blessing that like, they're able to do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and like Mark Oliver just had, uh, so he's in fifth grade now and there was a father-son uh, volleyball thing through his school, like back by uh, Valentine's Day. You know, like all the girls had their daddy-daughter dances and the boys. Why they didn't have anything for the moms, I don't know. But they had father-son uh, volleyball. And Oliver went with both of his dads. And so, you know, I think that like both of them have just been so gracious and allowing that space to be shared between them. But that, but that Jeff is dad and, and I don't know. Remember the show, my two dads. <laughs> Do you remember that you know, show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you don't know. know. That's initially what came up. Right. My 80, child, the eighties, you, you're reminding me like, um, uh, so, um, my husband, Bobby, his, his ex, like I said, remarried and her husband, her name's Melanie and her husband's name is Dave. Yeah. And I remember, and I, it was my, it was my own feelings, but being at like baseball games of my stepson and seeing Dave, his stepfather being super like, like involved and like, you know, my husband wasn't coaching him anymore. He had coached him in the past, but you know, seeing Dave like get up and like help him with his swing and stuff. And I would look and wonder if my husband was okay with that. And I never asked him because I, I, but I was like, you know, how lucky, you know, Josh is to have both his, but my, I think my husband just had confidence in his relationship with his son too, at the same, 
at the same time. And it was my own issue. But what I like too, and, and let me know if Marcus and Jeff are like this, it sounds like it, but I've loved through these years and up until fairly recently where Bobby and Dave have had to kind of talk about stuff about the kids yeah, because one of the kids is, you know, talking to Dave about it and, and, you know, and Dave is communicating to Bobby, like, oh, this is what's going on. And this is what I'm being told, you know? And I'm like, I love that you and Dave like can like talk and like, there's no, like, like it takes a village, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you have like more community, why not lean into it? Why do you think that doesn't happen though? Like you, I hear stories sometimes where I'm like, oh my gosh, right. But like, just really like bad and that's probably stories. more the norm, right? I think that more the norm is these co-parenting situations that aren't unfortunately amicable. Yeah. Um, and I get like so many women in my DMs over on Mimosas with Moms that they wish it was like this, you know, and I and I totally would do this, but my ex just like has to put up the fight. I just hate that for them. I know. You know, I hate that for them. I wish it was different. Um, but, you know, like I said before, you don't have to show up to those fights. You don't have to respond to every text message. You, you know, you don't have to engage in things that don't need to be engaged in. Keep it at the bare minimum. You know, if you're unable to have conversations, if you're unable to sit next to each other at the soccer game, don't, mm-hmm. you know, shoot a text when it's like, Hey, uh, kid has volleyball after school. You got to pick up at seven. You know what I mean? Like just keep it to what they need to know. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, if it's not able to be good for your mental health and good for the relationship, I think it's okay to not. I, yeah, I feel so badly. And we have, someone in our lives that is going through, like, they're not, they're going through a divorce right now. And I, you just foreshadow the co-parenting based on what's going on before the divorce even happens. And you're like, oh my gosh. And it's so sad. It's sad. I I know. And I, I feel for the people that I see that, like you said, with maybe some of your DMs that there's, there's a parent that wants to make it work. Right. Right. And they can't control what's going on on the other end. Right. So it's, yeah, I guess you bring up that point of like, what can you control then? And it's you. Yeah. The only thing that you can control is you, you know, you don't have to stoop down and fight and, you know, trash your ex. You can just keep moving it on. Yeah. How did Oliver handle um, when Beatrice was born as well as the other, uh, as well as Josie and Fitz? Yeah, he was really good. Okay. Yeah, he was really good. Um, I was probably the mess. <laughs> We're so weird, moms are. Yeah, um, we don't, don't have a, we have our own weirdness. Like what the heck? Um, yeah, I kind of had to go through like a grieving period right before Beatrice was born because it just felt like such a closing of a chapter where it had been me and Oliver against the world, you know, for six years. Um, I overcame so much and I literally grew up with him, you know, having him so young. Um, so just like my growth and I was closing that chapter of just me and him. It wasn't just me and him anymore. 
So I, I had to kind of grieve that before she was born. And then that baby comes into the world and you're just like, oh my gosh, how could life ever be what it was and what it is now? You know, like it's so beautiful. I can't even imagine. Um, so, but I kind of do that like right before each birth. I don't know, but, um, no, he is an amazing big brother. He's so helpful. He's so sweet and kind hearted. Um, he's like his dad a lot in those ways. He's just, yeah, sensitive and soft and sweet. And there's like, because there's the big age gap there too. So Mm -hmm. him and Beatrice are six years apart. And then him and my baby, the two-year-old Fitz, uh, they're 10 years apart. And I mean, but like he gets in there, he plays with all of them. He's a great big brother. And I don't know, like, you know, I'm sure maybe it'll be hard at different stages. I haven't really hit those yet Mm -hmm. uh, where he's like, oh my gosh, get them out of here. He's not, he's not really like that. Um, I do think he's more of like an introvert or just like going from being an only child and he is an only child half of his life over with his dad. You know, I think like he needs like downtime, quiet time. And so I'm very like respectful of that where like my house is nuts, right? With the three little people. And so, you know, when Oliver needs to go to his room and have quiet time, you know, I make sure he gets that and keep the other people away from him. But, but no, he's really good. Um, (laughs) Beatrice is starting kindergarten in the, in the fall. Uh, so he'll be at the same school as she'll be at the same school as Oliver. And when we got her acceptance letter, I was like doing the math. And I realized that uh, my baby will be starting kindergarten when Oliver will be starting high school. That is like the most <laughs> depressing thing I've ever like heard of in my entire life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be parenting these kids for the rest of my life. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know. So yeah, if you have like big age gaps, like that is depressing, but it is really beautiful. It's really cool to watch. Um, it's really cool to watch your big kid be a big sibling. Um, they're really sweet. So it's not, it's not all scary. Don't yeah. Scary. You know, and my, my stepchildren, when Brooklyn, when, I, when we found out I was pregnant and we yeah. told them, um, um, my stepdaughter, she was in, God, was she a freshman or eighth grade around that time? Um, yeah. and then my stepson's a little younger than her. They're, um, uh, I don't know how many months they're like Irish twins, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Math is not my forte today. Memory. <laughs> but anyways, it was, you know, Josh's reaction was like, okay. You know, like right. went back to my video game or whatever yeah. was going on. And, you know, my stepdaughter had a little bit of a hard time with it. And I think it was just this, like, what? Like, you know, and wondering maybe, and I'm just putting words in her brain, like wondering maybe like what change, like, you know, some people aren't, you know, change is hard and wondering like where your place is going to be. But that, that made me more in tune. Like I've got to make sure that these two kids know how important they are to this baby and us. And like Brooklyn, their age difference is big. You know, my stepson right. is getting his master's right now, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And my step and my, you know, stepdaughter is working and, you know, out of school. And you're like, and they're like, and some people will look at that as like, well, do they have any relationship? And it's, yeah. it's like, 
oh my gosh, it's so cool. Like yeah. it's so different than a sibling that's a year or two, you know, of course. Because it's like also like another like helper in your life. You know, it's somebody that you can go to, you know, think about when like Brooklyn's in her teen years and she doesn't want to tell mom about uh, certain exactly. things, but she has this big sister who's like been there, done that, but is in a stage of life that can really offer like guidance and support and, you know, like making sure that she's safe, you know, like, I think that those helpers are so important. Do you see that in Oliver from the start, like with his age difference? I do. I definitely see him. He's definitely a helper. I have to like constantly, it's kind of like one of our like fights sometimes about mm-hmm. like, you're not the parent. I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of that, but I don't know, you know, and I, and there's no way of knowing, you know, like what it will evolve to, you know, with like the 10 year age gap, you know? He'll be 15 when his little brother's five, you know, like, will you care about your brother when you're 15? I hope so. Will you be at a crappy teenage stage where you're just like too cool for everybody? Maybe, you know, but like, I think that those phases are normal. Yeah, totally agree. I think that that's normal. I think that hopefully you'll come out on another side if you do go through something like that. And, you know, you'll be this adult who looks out for your younger siblings you know, you'll be able to offer guidance and loving support to your younger siblings. You know, I hope that there are these great relationships, but again, those are kind of things that are out of our control too. Um, there's, you know, ways that we can help nurture them and making sure that they're all included and, you know, that they have access to each other. But at the end of the day, like they're all their own people. They're going to grow up and be their own person. And maybe they're going to be close with their siblings. Maybe they're not, you know, and that's just kind of the way it falls sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a little, little segment that I do called someone failed to mention. Yeah. It's, it's actually was insp- inspirational with my book. Cause I found myself saying that with every like feeling I'd have about motherhood. I'm like, no one like mentioned this. Someone failed <laughs> to mention that I would feel this way or this could happen. Do you have a, someone failed to mention that's something that surprised you about this world of co-parenting and, and blending families together? Oh gosh. I guess just like the level of self-awareness that it takes being Mm -hmm. able to be self-aware and really look at your feelings and why you're trying to control situations or why you want to respond in certain ways. And how are, how is that beneficial, helpful? How's that going to play out? You know, just really being in check with yourself. Oh yeah. The brain, you know what? I'm thinking about the Brady bunch right now for some reason. (laughs) And I'm like, where were, where was like Carol's like ex-husband and what was the dad's name? Even though I totally, gosh, I don't remember. Oh my gosh. But anyways, we know who we're talking about. And, and like, they had their little issues. Don't get me wrong, but there was nothing about like, it was kind of like, it's messy. Yeah. And the show popped on and it's like, Oh, it just happened to have three boys and three girls and ever, you know, everyone's just kind of like doing songs and dances and coordinated outfits and you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, like there was no messiness with which, you know, back then nothing was messy on TV, but, um, I just, I just thought of the Brady Bunch and how unrealistic, like, 
it right. is to what it is now. Right. But how common blended families are now. They're so common. They're so common. Like you are not alone. You know, I think that uh, there's so many different ways to make a family now and you just make it work. Yeah. And all, you know what, you lead with love and that's all these kids need is love and that they can trust you, like you said, and they've got that security. What are your simple words of encouragement? If a mom is right now struggling with co-parenting, maybe she's dating someone and is like, how is, (laughs) you know, is this going to work out? Or they're nervous and they just don't know what to do or their feelings are kind of messy right now do you have simple words of encouragement like if you were sitting next to, imagine that mom sitting across from you like with her coffee um, as a friend with you I'm like so like as you're saying that I'm thinking of like the moms who are in the beginning stages right mm-hmm. and something that helped me when I was in the beginning stages or in my rocky stages was give it a year in a year, things, so much happens in a year. You're going to be in a different place. Things are going to look different. They're going to feel different. You're going to be different. And just like take it day by day, you know, check in with yourself, be kind to yourself, give yourself so much grace and compassion. What you're doing is so hard. And yeah, I just like that self-love, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have a couple pieces of like concrete advice? If someone's like, tell me two things that I just need to keep in my brain while I'm going through this, all this change. And maybe you just touched on it too. I mean, yeah. so if you, if you feel like you've already touched on it. No, I mean, I think like, like I said, just keep your child at the center, mm-hmm. che- check your emotions at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and control what you can control. And that's you. Yeah. And again, don't, don't be ashamed. We keep promoting therapy in this, but don't be ashamed or I'll be in therapy for the rest of my life. To be honest. I know I'm dealing with gossip, gossip right now in my workforce, in my professional side. And I just call my therapist. I'm like, okay, I know we just talked about me losing a friend or dealing (laughs) with not doing this. I, but now I'm dealing with this and she's like, all right, (laughs) right. Session. (laughs) Right. Right. No, I think therapy is so, so healthy. And, you know, I think that we just like think that therapy, that therapy is like only if you're struggling with something mental health related, right. If you have this depression diagnosis or this anxiety diagnosis or whatever is the label, Um, but I think that there's so much great that happens in therapy. That's just life. I don't think that we have to just like hook on to these diagnoses. Mm -hmm. I think that you can just be like, I'm really struggling with my relationship right now. I'm struggling with my relationship with myself right now. I'm struggling with coping or grieving the loss of my marriage, the loss of the life that I thought I was going to be living. That is such a normal experience. Of course you are, you know, and going somewhere and finding support to do that is so important and so strong. It's so brave. Yep, absolutely. And I thought, you know, when I was going through my, you know, hardships of early stages of motherhood and going into toddlerhood, even like 
I thought, oh, I, and I say this, like, I didn't have a formal diagnosis. Right. So I didn't think to even go see someone because yeah. my do- own doctor wasn't even saying like, oh, you know, so, you know, like you said, I compl- I love that you said you don't have to have this like dramatic diagnosis or right. even a diagnosis at all to talk to someone that's unbiased and, you know, a friend is great, but a friend also doesn't want to hurt your feelings and, and, and they, they want <laughs> right. to support you and they right. may be like, yeah, sure. Go egg his house. He's an asshole. And, you know, and, but then <laughs> that's a different conversation with someone that can bring you to just a different level. Um, that's going to yeah. be better for you in the long run. Not that our friends don't intend for the best for us, but sometimes it's just a little too biased. Yeah. Therapy is great. Go get yeah. some therapy. Yeah. All right. So in the beginning of each episode, I, sometimes I do it at the end, but um, I have these beautiful cards um, from a company called Compendium and I just ordered two new boxes. So I'm going to be um, one of the boxes I ordered is the theme is inspire her. So I'm going to pull from this deck of cards and whatever I read, Abby, I'm just going to ask you what, okay. what like initially comes into your mind. It could apply to this, what we're speaking about right now with blended families and co-parenting, or maybe it's like something completely different. I want you to trust that intuition and what initially pops in. So I'm going to open the card. They're so cute. They like open up almost like an advent calendar. Yeah. Um, all right. And the quote is from Lucinda Williams. Why does that sound familiar? She, I, why did, I don't know. So a lot of these people, I don't know who they are. I always joke. I have to look them up, but that sounds, <laughs> she sounds familiar. I think she may be a country singer. Okay. As it turns out, now is the moment you've been waiting for. So that is the quote from Lucinda Williams. As it turns out, now is the moment you've been waiting for. I mean, I just hope that like you were asking me what word of encouragement I could give to those mamas who are in those hard times. I hope that they hear that message. I I think of like my, what I just said about giving it a year, you know, because like, this is your moment. You got to keep moving it forward. Yeah. And it's all going to work out. It does. And it does. it's, and sometimes it is just time. We're in this instant gratification world and <laughs> I you know, know. And these kids like social media and you're looking at everybody else is like happy and has these beautiful families. And I'm like figuring out what the heck I'm doing. You know, it's hard. It's yeah. Hard. And those like beginning years, you know, when you're like, am I ever going to find anybody again? And you're lonely and you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling financially. You know, you don't have another parent in the home to tap into. Those things are hard. Very hard. I have some newly divorced friends and it's like, they can't, this like scheduling is so yeah. is, is different because they have to schedule around and you think like, Oh, they get their kids 50% of the time. They have all this like freedom. And it's like, not necessarily, but you're living <laughs> like this double life, you yeah. know, and it's hard. It's hard to juggle it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I have my best friend when she went through her divorce and just like, you know, completely devastated. And I said that to her, like, give it a year. You will be in a completely different place. And now she's, I think, three, four years 
post-divorce and she just got engaged. And when he called to tell me that he was going to propose, I just started like sobbing Mm. and just like, see, like you made it, you are doing it. You know, you are in such a beautiful spot that you weren't before, you know, and now you have this wonderful man who loves you and your boys and you're thriving at work and you're happy and you're mentally well you know, and there's just so much beauty on the other side. You just got to get there. Yeah. You just got to get there. Got to get there. Uh, off topic and a little bit on the fun side. So I'm a, like a product junkie, supplements, drinks, whatever. <laughs> and I, I always, each week I've been trying to just suggest things that I've been loving and I'm not endorsing, like I'm not, you know, this has nothing to do with being like sponsored or anything, but what do you have like a favorite product that you're using right now, a store, book, gift, or mom hack, anything that you're loving right now for yourself, not for your child. That's the challenge. You know? Oh my gosh. What am I loving right now? Gosh, isn't that horrible? I don't do anything for myself, Michelle. Do you have a skincare <laughs> product that you love or you know a, what I love that like I'm not using right now because I don't need it, but I did use it and it was everything for my life is my selfie skin. I have this uh handheld laser hair removal like hand set. What? And yeah, and so I got it like pre-pandemic pre-COVID, they sent it to me. And um, yeah, so now I don't have to shave my legs anymore. And like, mamas, we don't have enough time for all that. I don't have time to shave my legs before I log all these kids to the pool. Like, there's just no way. And I'm German, I'm really hairy. So that is like my mom hack. You got to start getting rid of some tasks. (laughs) Uh, well, does it do the bikini line too? Or just, yeah, yeah. You can use it on your whole body. Um, I maybe TMI, but I have a, wait, we're TMI like, here. yeah, I have like some little chin hairs that are really fun that are coming. And, oh, I'm getting some new things. Yeah. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm only in my I'm early thirties. Right. And mm-hmm. I started this motherhood journey young. So I'm like, okay, early thirties, this should not be happening but it's happening. I'm getting some chin hairs that are out of control. And so I'm going to use that puppy on my face. And I, I love it. What's it called? For your face. Uh, it's my, it's selfies. It's by selfie skin. Okay. Um, they're on Instagram. There's a link for it on my Instagram. Okay, cool. I think I might have a code for it on, uh, on my, on your Instagram. Yeah. I think it's just mimosas with moms. I don't know. It might be 20% off with code mimosas with mimosas. Um, Well, that's happening. I'm getting like weird black hairs on the yeah. back of my legs, yeah. like on my like back of <laughs> thighs and where I'm like, what is this? And then I have this long one. Getting on my old arm. is really fun. Yes. I'm it's just really I'm fun. like, were you always here? And I'm just like now with my readers, like yeah. I'm, I have like progressive lenses now on top of it. I'm like, yeah. and I was like how- these chin hairs. Like some of them are just like long, like blonde hairs that aren't yeah. like the peach fuzzy, but they're like long. So I'm like plucking those, but then I have a couple that are like beard hairs. They're like, (laughs) I'm like, this is so gross. I have a beard. There's like three of them, but I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) If it's three now, how many are there going to be? Oh, it's so depressing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thirties are not fun. No. And you know, (laughs) your thirties are supposed to be good. 
Well, get to, I'm going to be 46 this summer. So, um, so I'm sure it gets better, right? Michelle? It does. Actually, it does. I, mm. I don't mean to be cheesy there, but it does get better aside from other hairs that are popping up. But one thing I'm like, pool season is coming up and I, I love pool season, but I hate pool season because of the shaving. Like I, w- I, I ended up buying one of those like target swimsuits that have like shorts built in because I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of shaving my bikini line. And I don't like waxing anymore or any of that. I right. just, I don't have time for it. Right. And it hurt and it hurts like a bitch. So whatever. Well, that's like the thing is I won't go to like a salon to get no. their hair removal done because like, I don't have time for that. It hurts. Uh, and it hurts really bad. Yeah. I had my bikini area done in my twenties and yeah, it hurts so bad. Um, and it was really expensive. So like yeah. this, uh, hand set, you know, you just like do it at home. You do it once a week for 12 weeks and yeah, it's such a game changer. But also if you're not done having kids, because fun fact, all these like hormonal changes in your life can come with like new hairs. Yeah. So then you can like touch up on yourself at home, you know, where it's like, if you paid thousands of dollars to go get this laser hair removal done in a salon, and then you decide to go have another baby and, you know, more hair growth happens or whatever hormonal changes that women go through, you know, then you got to go pay to get that redone and that's annoying I don't I'm not about that life so no yeah it's good for I think it lasts for 10 years um the handset itself is like the warranty on it and and they have a money back guarantee or like money back if you're not satisfied with your results so that's cool too Awesome. Awesome. All right. So speaking of favorites, do you have like a couple resources? I know you mentioned an app um, and I can, I'm going to list all these obviously in the show notes, everyone, but do you have a couple resources that have helped you work through all of this are resources that you found and you shared, you know, with people? Yeah. Therapy is one. <laughs> Go to therapy uh, too. I really like the Be Fair app. It's B-E-F-A-Y-R, I think. Um, And he's on Instagram. He's based in Florida. um, And he developed this app for people to use uh, because he was like struggling with some of these challenging communication stuff and his own co-parenting journey. Um, So he developed this app that you can communicate through. I know like a lot of the court systems have those things that they recommend. Um, so if you're going that route, uh, they might have one that kind of syncs to the court. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and definitely go check out my friend, Michelle Dempsey. She's over on Instagram (gasps) at the Michelle Dempsey, and she just published her book, uh, mom's moving on. Oh, it is all things mom moving on. She also has a community group and she offers coaching and she's just like a powerhouse. She's, Oh, I'll definitely be tagging her. I follow her and love her. I'm sure I found her from you too. Yeah. 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 Well, and yeah, and her to write that book. Um, I've got a few moms that are moving on. So she sent me a copy and it is like everything's in it from do I want to get divorced to, okay, I'm at the end. Now what, you know, like, am I going to die alone? How do I move it on? Um, like literally all your feelings, all your problems, all the challenges, it is all in that book. 
is so oh, good. good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. everyone, no worries. Don't panic. I will share <laughs> all of that as well. And Abby, how can people find you? I will obviously have all the ways, but just in case, tell everyone how they can find and connect with you. Yeah, you can listen to the Mimosas with Moms podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. And you can find me mostly I hang out every day on Instagram at Mimosas with Moms. I also am over on Facebook, Mimosas with Moms by Abby Williams. And I think that's it. Uh, I love your <laughs> podcast. Um, Abby has incredible guests as well. Yeah. So she covers any topic that you could possibly think of. It's kind of like a one-stop shop podcast. Cause to be honest with you, Abby, like as I've started my podcast, I started, you know, searching other ones, like what's everyone doing and like, what seems to be hot out there. And when I go back to mimosas with moms, you have everything on there. Um, and I love your voice and your honesty, your guests, you could tell you have like a great just relationship and rapport with your guests. And, um, I just always find so much value. So thank you for being here. I am again, so honored. You took time away from four children, co-parenting two dogs, (laughs) uh, your own business podcast, you name it. And just social media alone, um, is time consuming. So Thank you so much for all you gave this past hour to these women. Thank you for having me, Michelle. You're so welcome. All right, everyone. We will see you next week with another episode of the Honest Mom Podcast. Until then, take one small step towards your honest motherhood. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to the Honest Mom Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review or comment so I can give you the content you deserve. To learn more, including what I offer to moms, check out michellemansfieldauthor.com. Most importantly, if you know a mom that needs to hear the words you heard today, please share the love and let's create a community of moms being honest for all of us.